This is the Uptake Podcast with your host, John Taylor. You okay? You need some water? I'm fine. You okay? Yes, I'm just like, don't make noise. You do some like vocal warm ups. You are a professional. Do you do this before you do your commercial reads? Yeah, that's what I do. Do you really? No. <laughs> no. You could have just told, go in and read them. You could have messed with me so bad right then. You could have made up some vocal warm ups that you don't do. That's true. And I would have believed it. It's a really good point. <laughs> I would have bought it hook, line, and sinker. Missed opportunity. What do you do? You scream at the top of your lungs? I just, yeah, I just scream. It's a, John Lennon did the same thing. I'm basically an artist. It's. Classic Lennon move. All you right. know me. I, I do know you. Uh, my friend Sarah is here today. And uh, welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. First podcast for this little adventure of 2020. So thanks yeah. for thanks for coming. Absolutely. It's so much pressure. Like we have to carry the whole year off of this. No, we don't. Well, you do. <laughs> There's nothing to carry. <laughs> it's all fine. All the adoring fans. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's all, all three. Hi, Inc- mom. Inc- that's one. I'm two. <laughs> and Jen. And, and maybe my wife. There you go. But I don't think so. So maybe just two adoring fans. <laughs> um, Sarah joins me from just up the road from our, our uh, abode. And we've known each other actually for quite a long time yeah i was thinking about it uh maybe maybe 20 years actually that because, sounds right yeah i think that it's been a right. long time yep yeah. and mm-hmm. uh we were talking a few months ago anyway about something really cool that you did that i found fascinating and i thought let's talk about it mm-hmm. uh, together which was the um fact that you are a professional ghost hunter <laughs> well <laughs> i don't want to oversell myself <laughs> okay you're a professional ghost catcher i'm a professional asking people if they believe in ghosts or that's way different <laughs> yeah it's very different i thought i was talking to like you know i have casper in my backpack let Egon me from ghostbusters <laughs> but <better>. you just, <laughs> yeah so you had a um you had a, a podcast I sure did. Yes. Um, it was called Mostly Dead, and we did two seasons of it. And I have to say, sadly, we have gone into a semi-retirement because I started graduate school, um, and I'm no fun at all. So we had to <laughs> put it on pause. Um, but my friend Lauren and I, we co-hosted the podcast. And basically, it kind of came out because we work together, mm-hmm. and we would we kind of speak the same language. We talk about pop culture a lot, and we talk really, really fast. And one day, she said, do you believe in ghosts? And it just started a whole conversation for us and a whole new hobby. And we started bringing people in to the studio, which is code for her closet, because it had the best acoustics, <laughs> and asking them that question. And we were just absolutely amazed at the direction people would take that question. It was never just yes or no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have, as you can imagine, many questions about <laughs> the that paragraph that you just sure, uh, provided. Yep. Sorry, that was the synopsis. I'm in grad school. That's the you know executive summary. The thesis <laughs> statement. That's right. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sidebar. When you were uh, like in elementary school, did I... they teach you the hamburger paragraph? The hamburger paragraph? Was that a technique? No, I would have paid more attention if the food was involved. Yeah. So it was a hamburger paragraph was like, all right, you have an intro. That's one mm-hmm. of the buns. You have <laughs> the meat of your message or story or okay. the essay that's the meat mm-hmm. obviously sure and then you got another bun which is the closing mm. where's the special sauce i don't think 
I don't think that was a thing. That's a shame. Let's be serious. And that's why I don't remember it. <laughs> so the hamburger paragraph. Anyway. I love it. End of sidebar. So your thesis <laughs> statement there about um, uh, doing a, a podcast about mm-hmm. ghosts. Mm-hmm. You started that description by saying that Lauren asked you, hey, do you believe in ghosts? Uh-huh. What did you say? <laughs> well, I said the same thing then that I say now, which is no. Okay. With the caveat that there's a lot in this world I cannot explain. Okay. So I think what kind of made the podcast great was I was the person who didn't believe, but really wanted to just give me a little proof and I'm on board. And she was the person who believed wholeheartedly with absolutely no evidence at all. Sure. So we kind of balanced each other out, the Mulder and Scully, you know, of the podcasting world. Yeah. And as you, uh, <laughs> As you did this for a while, Uh um, did it change your mind about anything? You know, it didn't change my mind about ghosts, but it definitely, it definitely gave me a lot to think about as far as the afterlife goes and people's relationship with what happens to you after you die and how you can communicate or not communicate with those people. And I will say we did go on a full-fledged ghost hunt outside of Atlanta in a purportedly haunted house. And that was amazing it was a total riot i was scared the whole time even though i don't believe in ghosts but i am scared of the dark (laughs) so so that pushed all the buttons um but i I don't think i don't think i no i still don't believe in ghosts i want to though if i could ever see one they'd have me but you must have heard so you had people come out of the podcast that for the most part did believe yes that they had a uh, an experience involving a ghost absolutely and i guess you know kind of to back up a little like a ghost it's you have to kind of ask people what they're talking about, right? Sure. Because some people are thinking things that go bump in the night. Some people are thinking, you know, I saw a vision of my mother or someone in a dream. It can mm-hmm. mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite parts of talking to people about it is sometimes you'd get a really gut-wrenching, beautiful story about someone sending a sign or feeling some closure about something. And sometimes you'd get straight up spooky campfire and she turned around and there he was, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And that was great because it kind of, it just shows you how wide the opinions vary and how many different ways we look at the exact same thing. Yep. Um, And the people, you know, I, I believe that if you believe it, it's real for you. And the people who believed it really believed it hard and had experiences that are hard to argue with. So I certainly appreciated that. Yeah. So I have to ask you, do you believe in ghosts? No. Uh, there's some reservation in there. Yeah. I mean, only because, you know, I... Uh... Yeah, I don't. Okay. But I also believe that... Uh, I'm certainly not an authority on anything, much less (laughs) something as uh, spiritually significant as that. Sure. Um, So no, I don't. I don't believe they're ghosts. Uh But I'm also prepared to be wrong about that. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no jokes on me. This is a real, a real uh, part of our existence. And Mm -hmm. um, that's exactly where I'm coming from. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So. The end. That's a pretty. <laughs> that's a pretty boring conversation. <laughs> well, you know, and that—that's the thing. Like, we would get, we'd get such a wide variety of answers because people would say yes, and let me tell you why. Yeah. And they'd go in, and one of my very favorites, um, we interviewed. She was the house cook for the Carters, as in President Carter and his okay. family, sure. for decades. She was a lovely woman, very, very funny. And uh, there was a rumor that the Carters' home in Georgia. Um, was haunted by the ghost of a big white dog. Like, and he was a friendly dog, but he'd just walk around and, you know, people would see him at night and that kind of thing. And so one day she was with President Carter and said, uh, do you believe there's a big white dog 
ghosting around this house? And he laughed and he said, no, no, no. The dog's black. <laughs> nice. And I loved that kind of sense of humor about it where yeah. you're not really sure what he means, right? <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the, so you'd bring folks in, right? Uh-huh. How, would you, how would you find people? That they would, yeah. you know, to come in and say, hey, I've got a ghost story. You just like put out on, you know, a social media post. <laughs> Give us your ghost stories, everybody. And then you have to filter through a thousand emails or something. Well, kind of, you know, you'd be really surprised when you ask a question that's kind of, it's not a hot button issue, but when you ask a question that people have such a decisive opinion about, people kind of come out of the woodwork. Um, and we ended up no. talking, yeah, I know, shocking, shocking, no. uh, with social media. Um, <laughs> and we ended up talking to some really interesting folks, um, you know, people who said that they could commune with the dead. That was really interesting. Psychics. Um, mm. And then, of course, lay people who'd had experiences. So we would, we'd do an episode and then we'd ask that guest, do you know, do you have anybody that you recommend we bring on or who might be willing to talk to us? And they would usually point us to someone, yeah. which would point us to someone else. So we ended up getting several degrees of separation away from ourselves, yep. which was great because we are from a small town and you kind of get to know everybody in that town and know their stories. And it was really fun to kind of branch out and it made us really feel like we were contributing to something a little bit bigger than yeah. us. So uh, most of the people that would come in, it was word of mouth. You were getting referrals yep. from the people you'd previously spoken a to. A lot of that. Once or twice we had, you know, we had an email for the podcast say, you know, write us if you have something. And that sure. is actually how we connected with our ghost hunter team that we ultimately went on a ghost hunt with. Yep. Um, they heard the podcast and they were just tickled that I was a skeptic and really wanted to bring me in and prove me wrong. Yep. Um, so that was a great experience. But I found overall that experience really made me feel a lot more generous towards people because people were so generous with us sharing their stories. And it really kind of gave me a feeling of when people volunteer information to you, they're sharing a part of their lives and they want to do that. And it was an important outlet for them. Do you think deep. I, that is deep? <laughs> um, I definitely want to hear some of the ghost stories. So we'll, oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. I think yeah. is that that would be super cool. Cause sure. who doesn't like a Do good... you have some spooky sound effects? We, we can absolutely add some. Creak a door. Oh you know, yeah. That kind of thing. We got all kinds Ooh. of stuff. Open up the Halloween soundboard, <laughs> get all kinds of things working. But before we get to any of that, it, it occurs to me that I can imagine people coming to you. Mm-hmm. You said they're being generous with their stories and mm-hmm. which I think it sounds right. And, um, I could imagine a motivation for some people could be, Here's my story. Here's someone who probably will believe me or lend it some credibility by considering it for my show. So did you encounter a lot of people that felt like they were there to get validation or to, because, Mm -hmm. you know, just like you and I are skeptics, I think most people kind of are. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That was was something kind of shocking to me that a lot of people, um, and I, I, I don't think anyone is silly for believing anything but it really shocked me some of the um you know we had politicians and businessmen and people that you kind of consider to be very serious and not dabbling in you know beliefs such as that and it really it really surprised me i think people casually kind of casually believe a lot more than we might think yeah Mm -hmm. well i don't find it uh, surprising at all that politicians would believe all kinds of stuff. <laughs> They're spooky people. So that's not. I, uh, yeah, I get. Yeah, no comment on the rest of that. But um, but as far as the validation goes, yeah. Um, I mean, I was just imagining people mm-hmm. sometimes would encounter, you mm-hmm. know, disbelief. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that they're looking for uh, people that will 
uh, yeah, we'll validate it. We'll make them feel like, yeah, what you yeah. encountered is real. I think so. Um, and, and less than validation, I think it's just sharing sharing that story because I think sometimes people would have such incredible experiences that were very hard to explain. And I think sometimes you might not know you're looking for validation, but you want to share that story and hear from someone else who's kind of an outsider, which we normally were, you know, after we got outside of our realm of a few friends who wanted to be on the show and started interviewing people that were farther away from us uh, relationally, it was, it was very interesting because they wanted, they just wanted to get it off their chest almost, you know? Um, so it was kind of confessional in that way. And it always felt very intimate because mm -hmm. these stories sometimes involve life and death experiences. One that sticks out in my mind was early on in one of our seasons, a woman called in and she was one of our guests on the show and her son had had a near-death experience where he had an accident and fell through a plate glass window. Spoiler alert, he was fine. I just kind of want to put that out there to begin sure, with. Everybody yeah. was okay. Good. Um, but he was um, disemboweled in oh this goodness. accident and it was pretty horrifying and they weren't sure if he was going to make it and it was you know it was it was a real scene mm -hmm. um and at the hospital she left his side for a second to just get up kind of collect herself and uh had a conversation with someone that couldn't have been there and so when she came back she felt at peace and she felt like she had connected with something bigger than her and that person had told her it was all going to be okay and it was and she really feels like that experience uh, was meant to be. Why couldn't that person have been there? They were dead. And from her perspective, this was a, uh, they appeared to be uh, flesh and bone. Like they were really standing there or they were. Well, do you know, I think, and if, I have to remember back a little bit, but I think the way she would have described it is there's an etherealness about most of these experiences. When we would talk to people, um, they seem to understand, even if they looked like you and I, you know, like flesh, flesh and bone right in front of them, they seem to still understand on some level that that entity wasn't corporeal, wasn't here. There was something ethereal about that. Yeah, they looked um, a little different, fuzzy yeah, or, or just, or just there was just a feeling about them, you okay. know, or it was a little colder or something like that. Yeah. But interestingly, very rarely, once or twice, we got spooky stories of that was just so scary and I can't explain it. And, you know, those campfire stories of you right. say Bloody Mary three times and she appears, that kind of thing. Yeah. But most of the time, I'd say 99% of the time, the ghost encounters people had were reassuring. I see. Which is interesting to me because I really feel like that's a reflection of the person having the experience. Yeah. That they want that closure and that it's a beautiful experience for them. It's not a fear-based experience. Um for me, ghosts were always associated with haunted houses and fear, so that was interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't, I don't think that I'm an authority, so I'm not going to sit here and say, "Hey, this definitively is not real." Again, I'm like you, a skeptic, mm -hmm. and um, if pressed, I would say I don't think they're real. Mm -hmm. So, just to stay on that side of the fence for a second, <laughs> you believe though that the people you spoke with, they legitimately believe in the experience they had. Yes, they, so, they approach it with such earnestness. They're telling their true story. How do you reconcile that with you don't believe the ghosts are real, uh -huh. but you believe the people believe that what they experienced was a ghost? What would you, how would you reconcile those two things? That's a great question. You kind of don't. I think the more experiences I had talking to people where their stories were very compelling and there were things they couldn't explain, I just kind of learned to hold two things at once. That I don't believe it, but it's okay that you believe it. And I think things happen to people, but I don't necessarily think they're ghosts. I think 
a lot of times people would explain a dream that had some closure from someone who'd passed away. Mm-hmm. And I believe they had that dream. I also think the mind is a very powerful thing and can do a lot of good for us and can take care of us in ways that we don't even understand, even though it's ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that would happen quite a bit. And I also, I have been, you know, a teenage girl and I know that if you're playing with a Ouija board and you've eaten a lot of ice cream, things can get crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back to something you said a second ago that, you know, you said the mind is very powerful and Mm -hmm. can try to, you know, do things. Um, Just looking at this, uh, I guess, in a scientific way, you know, um, there are survival mechanisms, right, that we have Mm -hmm. and our brain tries to keep things on an even keel. So in... A given situation where maybe a survival tactic might be for the brain to provide reassurance through, I'll just say, a hallucination. Again, sure. at the risk of offending anyone. Who, a vision. Who, right, mm-hmm. right. But that's that would be another way of saying what I think you said, mm-hmm. which was, hey, your brain's trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. You believe it. Mm-hmm. Your brain is showing you something. Mm-hmm. But that, that's a form of hallucination, right? That's not a, yeah. an actual other being. It's yeah. just something that to you appears real at the time. Well, and I don't think hallucination has to have a negative connotation. Sure. You know, um, I do think, I, I do, I, I completely agree with the statement. The brain is just vast and we do not understand all of it or even a tiny bit of it, really. Um, we're just kind of scratching the surface. And I think there's lots of deep thoughts and desires and things that are marinating up there all day long that maybe come to fruition in dreams or in visions or just active imaginations. If, if it's a real experience for the person and it serves some purpose for them, then I'm all for it. If it brings someone some closure, who am I to argue with that? Right, sure. Mm-hmm. I guess you could, by extension, that's a very positive thing. Like it, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, hallucination isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. If it helps to have a positive effect on a person, mm-hmm. constructive effect on a person, then how is it that much more different than uh, another feeling that your brain causes you to have, mm-hmm. like hunger mm-hmm. or um, or happiness, mm-hmm. um, Any satisfaction at the end of a meal, right? Yeah. Those are all the things, feelings, sensations mm-hmm. that your brain has uh, is doing in order for you to survive, right? Absolutely. Well, and I love the example of the meal because I think about music and how it can move me to tears, it can make me laugh, it can make me happy, it can make me sad, all kinds of different emotions, but there's nothing that's physically touching me or affecting me in that way, but I'm still feeling something very real. And that's kind of what I relate these experiences to. You're feeling real feelings. Your feelings and thoughts are valid. Just because it's not real for me doesn't mean it wasn't real for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I can imagine it would also be super creepy if you're having people come over to the house and you have them get in a closet to record this with you. <laughs> yes. Which is what you said at the beginning <laughs> yes, of this whole thing. Yes, for the, for the most uh, part, we were in the closet because, again, it had the best acoustics because she had so many wonderful clothes. Um, I've got questions about this closet. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, had many a joke about this closet. Um, walk-in closet? It was a walk-in closet, yes. What's the maximum um, fire marshal rated capacity of this closet? <laughs> I think we were definitely over the maximum capacity. <laughs> How many people did you get in the closet at one time? Do you know, I think, let's see, we'd had ourselves and a maybe a guest before usually we would do phone interviews that was a good thing oh, gotcha. but i will say we weren't always in the closet um we had some really lovely guests that would invite us into their homes sure. and um you know they had either no children or quiet dogs or something like that that made it uh, possible to <laughs> quiet ghosts right quiet ghosts very quiet um to record at a kitchen table and that was one of the stranger ones actually uh we were at our guest's kitchen table and she um uh and I mean this in the most positive way. She's a little bit hippy-dippy. 
you know she what's not positive about that right i mean she's a beautiful woman um you know things draped everywhere and beautiful smells and just kind of you know this really wonderful kind of 60s vibe in her home and um we were sitting at her table she's petting her dog and she's talking about how the house we were in was haunted yeah i said i'm surprised to hear that there's such a positive energy in here and you know that's not usually what i would associate with a haunting and she said well he's in here right now and she kind of gestured towards the sink where no one was standing i said oh yeah you know just trying to figure out what was going on she said yeah he thought about sitting at the table but there wasn't enough room and then just moved right on and i i remember sitting there looking at her and thinking am i the crazy one is she the crazy one are we both sane <laughs> you know i couldn't right. quite puzzle it out uh, but it didn't seem to bother her at all she totally believed that ghost and the living could live harmoniously and do all the time and, and what who what was the story with with the the, the person the guy the, the the male ghost that was standing well there? that's actually interesting she was trying to figure that out um she had kind of newly moved into the house she'd been renovating it for a few months and she'd finally moved in and kind of discovered him happened upon him in the kitchen um and he was hanging out around an area where her stove was and she pulled up some old blueprints if i'm remembering this correctly and found that that used to be a doorway. So she was trying to figure out a way to ask him if he was trying to come or go, if he needed some help, but he wasn't quite verbal with her yet or or acknowledging her. Um, so she was trying to was trying to piece that out. And it, it was very interesting to me to think about a ghost being confused or displaced because I think of something like that kind of having all the answers. Like they're on the other side they've seen it how could they possibly be confused or stuck and that really got me thinking well maybe it's just the same as it is now and he's just as confused as the rest of us yep he did he have a name or did she, she didn't give know him the name? name yet she didn't know the name yet i think if you buy the house and you're renovating it and there's a ghost there i think you get the right to name it oh i definitely think so yeah but i i wouldn't want to anger him you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. It's Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Stop calling me Jason. So rude. <laughs> well, that's interesting too, right? You know, I'd, I'd talked to many people. Um, we both talked to many people who expressed an interest in not offending the ghosts that lived among them, which was interesting to me. Um, and again, for me as a skeptic, some days I could really embrace this and think, wow, there's so much we don't understand. And I'm just, I'm mesmerized by this. What an incredible story. And sometimes I would sit there thinking, this is bonkers. Yeah. You know, this just doesn't make any sense to me. But again, that earnestness with which people were sharing those stories, it's very hard not to at least indulge that I don't always understand everything, which is definitely true. <laughs> Do you think anybody ever came in and was completely putting you on? Like they don't believe it. They don't even have an experience. They just want to have a ghost story and <laughs> come talk to some people, maybe get on their podcast and they just make <laughs> something up. Well, it's definitely possible, yep. you know, I, I'm definitely, I like to approach people with a really open heart and think, you know, you're going to treat me the way I would treat you, which is tell me the truth. Um, but that being said, I would bet a lot of money that that didn't happen. Really? Yeah. The level of detail we had from people, the, the personal, the personal connection to the stories that people had, like I said, oftentimes it were life and death situations or someone very close to them had died and it just... Um, it would be a a masterpiece of psychopathy to <laughs> to weave that web. I think yeah, you know? it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work to come a up. A lot that of work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was kind of imagining, you know, a pie chart of, you know, the people that come to you when you say, "Hey, who's got a ghost story? Let's talk about it." Yeah. You, I imagine, and maybe it's a very small 
part of that pie chart. Mm -hmm. Some people are just making stuff up. Some people maybe have, um, maybe as you said, they're kind of crazy. Sure. And it's 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 a uh, it's that kind of scenario. Just like just like hearing voices, or they have a, they actually have a, a an illness, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then it's um, definitely possible. I mean, it crossed my mind several times with a few stories um, that I don't want to call out by name, but where I thought, hmm. You know, yeah, something could, something more going on here. Mm -hmm. Right. So you mm -hmm. could have some people in that condition, sure. right? Mental illness, let's say. Uh, and then there's a group that is the first group we first started talking about. They legit, they believe it. You believe that they believe it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where, you know, on the one hand, you have people a little skeptical. Mm -hmm. I think like you and I that mm -hmm. maybe attribute it to the brain doing what it needs to do. And then you have... Apparently, large contingent of people that believe it's more than that. There's external yeah. forces or powers, beings yep. that um, most of us just don't understand, but are part of the world mm -hmm. and have some different existence than the flesh and blood mm -hmm. existence that we have. Well, and you know, you bring up a good point with the flesh and blood existence because a lot of times when we would speak to people, the um, ghosts or entities or whatever you want to call them seemed kind of baffled. They also seemed a little confused, and it makes you wonder if what they're explaining is a traditional ghost in that sense, or if it's more an issue of time, um, and you know, different different timelines going on all at the same time. <laughs> like you mean they're in a different plane? They're just like in a different parallel universe or something, and they're maybe they're... you know. I think part of being a skeptic to me is being open to all possibilities. Sure, um, because skepticism does not allow to me it doesn't allow me to be completely closed off to any one option yeah um that would just be making up my mind <laughs> right. well then that's something. a different kind of bias right it's mm -hmm. unhealthy right to be mm -hmm. automatically and completely in disbelief of anything sure and right? whoever's listening to this podcast is going to be very skeptical of me and i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> but i definitely think you have to when you're lining up the spectrum of people that we talked to from you know absolute lies I think you also have to go all the way to the other end, like you said, and entertain the idea that it is the truth. Of the stories you heard, I, I know that you come at this as a skeptic still. You haven't mm. been converted to believing. I have not. Right. I have not seen a ghost, despite our ghost hunters' uh, best work. And they really were lovely, and, they, and it was a wonderful experience. But um, but no, I haven't, haven't converted. So even, even knowing that about you... Um, what story or experience was closest hmm. to changing your mind about that? A couple of them stand out. I think the ones that are traditionally scary kind of stick with you because they, they kind of speak to that child in you who's got to get under the covers because they can't get you under the covers, you know, that right. kind of thing, that right, traditional yeah. spooky story. Yeah. Um, I would say one of the most compelling was a story from a man who um, runs the AV club at one of the local high schools in town. And a student tragically passed away in a car accident. Okay. A little bit later on that day, um, possibly the day after, later in that week, when the AV club got together, there was essentially a sign. There was a shooting star situation in the sky as soon as they were talking about her and wishing her well and thinking of her. And that's not a ghost story, particularly. But it is a sign. It was a sign to that group 
that they couldn't explain and didn't really understand. And I connected with that idea. And you, sorry, just to get that detail down, mm -hmm. you said it was, they saw a shooting star? Yeah, so they were, um, this AV club would do, they would call the football games. So okay. they'd be up in a box, essentially, yeah. and um, call out the football games, run run the AV stuff for that. And um, that night, it was, it was very sad. That was always one of her jobs, and obviously she couldn't fulfill that duty. Um, so the, the club all went up there to kind of, have one last remembrance and as they were turning out the lights that night they had a giant shooting star type comet go right across the sky as soon as they were finishing up and locking up and i just i really that really spoke to me because it was so hopeful you know it was it was this moment where they all wanted to know that everything was going to be okay and they got this sign and you could easily say it was coincidence they're shooting stars comets that kind of thing all the time but I like that they chose to believe that it was communication. And in that way, it's a ghost story. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, I know you said you have some spookier ones, too, that are more campfire-y. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, everybody make your s'mores and yep. buckle up. So we'll get to those in a second. <laughs> this is this is called the tease and the biz. Oh, watch out. Okay. Yeah. So, but before we do... <laughs> We're What's gonna, gonna we're gonna <laughs> get ready for it. We're gonna hear a few words from our sponsors. Sounds good. One of our new sponsors is Phil. Phil's a decent dude who likes to do fun stuff or just hang out, but values his alone time. Phil features a torso, reasonable eye contact, below average posture, and a knack for laughing too loud. If you see Phil around, he's cool with you introducing yourself or ignoring him. In his words, quote, either way, don't really care, unquote. So check out Phil today, available in places where he is. And another new sponsor, Asfeche Jeans, bringing Italian style to America's lower bodies. Asfeche Jeans look great, feel great, all at arguably affordable prices. And best of all, the brand recognized around the world for quality and class means you'll turn heads sporting Asfeches. To get your pair today, go to Asfeche.com. That's A-S-S-F-A-C-E jeans.com. That's A-S-S-F-A-C-E F-A-C-E, jeans.com. And finally, our old friends at Sanderson Microphones, the signature microphone we use here on the podcast. As we've said many times, beautiful-looking Sanderson mics are for anyone who cares about having a great-looking mic but is willing to live with mediocre sound. Sanderson, when only looks matter. Does Phil wear the Asfeches? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Phil only wears Asfeches. Obviously. <laughs> They're Italian. Solamente. <laughs> <laughs> you know Phil. <laughs> Who doesn't? What a character. <laughs> oh, that Phil. Phil. <laughs> As promised, you said we've got a couple of spooky stories. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so these are... Um... You know, and I, I hate to do this because I'm not going to do them the justice that the people who gave them to me will, but I will, sure. I will certainly try. You mean you're not going to do voices? Oh, you know, well, and, and part <laughs> of the mystique is being crammed in a closet 
whispering these stories. It's very effective. Uh, one of my favorites, though, and this is a very millennial ghost story. I think it's safe to say. That's a genre. Uh, right. Can we stay there for a second? <laughs> millennial ghost stories? Lid for every pot. <laughs> that sounds like a whole stand-up bit. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I'm working that into my tight five. You should. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a, a good friend of mine that I actually met in college came onto the podcast. Wait a second, wait a second. Millennial ghost stories. Every one of them. <laughs> The ghost. Oh God! <laughs> the ghost really wants you to hear the story, but FaceTime won't connect. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> really believes that all ghost stories mm. are winners. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> it doesn't understand Shares every status. Yeah. Doesn't understand why you're not into what that ghost is into. It's exactly right. You know or respecting have... <laughs> their. <laughs> you know they have the duck lips thing on Instagram. They've got mm. ghost face. Ghost you know, like <laughs> sorry, time in. <laughs> Back to your story. So millennial ghost story. <laughs> um, this is about, so it's a long distance couple, a man and a woman who are dating long distance. And so they would often FaceTime each other just to kind of spend some time together. Okay. Right? Okay. And I'm going to get some of the details wrong. So I apologize to the okay. original storyteller here. Just make them up. Nobody's right. going to know. Nobody knows. It's who fine. knows? Who even knows? These two know. <laughs> Stop so, listening, you two millennials. Yeah, get, get off the podcast. Um, so they are FaceTiming. Uh-huh. And I believe she's standing in the bathroom. She's putting on some makeup, just kind of getting ready to go out to dinner or whatever she's going to go do. Sure. So there's a mirror in the FaceTime. This is important. Somehow there's a mirror in this FaceTiming session. Well, she's in the bathroom. Bathroom mirror. Bathroom mirror. Exactly. She has a roommate. Roommate's not home. She's talking to her boyfriend. And he said, is that your roommate back there? I can see her in the mirror. And she turned around and nobody was there. And she turned back to the mirror and somebody was there. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Any description of the somebody? As soon as she looked at the person in the mirror... It dissolved into a terrifying puddle that shifted underneath her bed, and she never saw it again. And that, for some reason, stuck with me so hard. There's something so horrifying about that. I'm a little creeped out by mirrors anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, that's creepy. It's very creepy. It's very creepy. And those were not typical stories. Like I said, often it was a comforting story, but I love those Those too. aren't as fun. Those aren't as fun. Let's hear those these. don't keep me awake at night. Those, those aren't are just the ones comforting. You see in the movies. Comfort about the afterlife. <laughs> well, there's certain things that are inherently, I think that indirect, like the mirror, yes. or you see through a reflection, or turning caught, into a puddle. You know, there's a whole genre of horror movies where it's like, you know, with surveillance cameras, you yep. know, those paranormal activity movies. Yes. And then, you know, the classic, whenever there's something creepy going on and a character goes over the refrigerator, <laughs> they look in the fridge, they open the fridge door. So that yep. obscures what you see. Yep. 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 And you just know, you know. when they close you know. that fridge door, uh, something's going to be there. Listen, there's nothing scarier to me than a movie that features a shower in some way like anytime you're in a bathroom mm-hmm. like this girl was there's just a certain yep. vulnerability there right and i think that's what really like was it watching her in the mirror was it facetiming with her how could how could he see it in the facetime I, like there's so many questions about this to me yeah it's it's really really creepy it's super creepy it's so creepy right? and creepy for the person on the other end of the facetime so i just yeah, very creepy and then he you know she drops it screaming and it's horrible i can't imagine ever being able to go in that room again no that's ridiculous no that would never work for i'm me. not coming back to that house no i'm not open to that experience <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it that's right draw the line no thank you <laughs> so that was a good one i love that one okay that's a good one yes um we have some other ones that were not 
to me, they weren't as traditionally scary, but they're definitely spooky. Um, in the house that we were invited to do the investigation in, um, it was from the Civil War. Okay. So it served as a hospital at one point during the Civil War. So it saw a lot of kind of gruesome yep. uh, surgeries and experiences and that sort of thing. And supposedly that house was often visited by some of the soldiers that didn't make it who were maybe angry about that or just very you know upset they were still very upset and in some sort of an agony and i think any ghost story where the ghost is not just thrilled to be there and just trying to give you some comfort that's always going to kind of unnerve me yeah you know i don't don't love that so you went the the ghost mm-hmm. hunters expedition you went on yep uh <laughs> when sorry. you say it out loud it's a little <laughs> no it's awesome i'm so glad you did this I did. I'm so glad you had this experience. <laughs> so they said, hey, you guys are doing a ghost podcast. Do you uh-huh. want to come look at a haunted house with us? They did. They were so wonderful. Um, they had heard about us. I can't remember if someone kind of pointed them to us or if they just kind of stumbled upon the podcast, but they invited us. And, you know, when I think about it, a, a group of strangers invited us to come investigate a ghost house. Mm-hmm. And we were like, middle of the night. Sure. <laughs> you know, just absolutely. And it goes against everything like everything in the safety regulations absolutely absolutely go to to the second location with a stranger a group of strangers a house that you don't know yeah there's more of them than you great idea we're going to go back in these back rooms yeah don't worry about us closing the doors it's fine don't worry about it okay so i'm glad you made it out alive i'm I'm very glad nothing bad happened is it possible this is like the sixth sense am i alive (laughs) do we really know we don't really know we don't really know (laughs) (laughs) okay so you show up and yes. uh, the ghost hunting shows I've seen, they've got like gear. Oh, yeah. Okay. So again, the- it's one step away in my book. Uh-huh. And again, I'm admittedly a not an expert. I'm, sure. I'm a novice. I'm not an expert. It's like one step away from the stuff on Ghostbusters. Yeah. You know, they got something that looks like a. It, it is. It is. There's you know, some enhanced walkie talkies and. Right. <laughs> it's, yes. <laughs> yes. There's a gadget with some sort of meter on it yeah. that's measuring <laughs> ghostiness. Things. Yes. The, the ghostometer. <laughs> yeah. The, ghost-ometer. the technical term there. Um, yeah. It is. Um, so it's every ounce as bizarre as you want it to be. Okay. Um, I will say, and these were consummate professionals, they yep. took their jobs very, very seriously. They did not let my skepticism or extremely nervous laughter get in the way. They were there to do a job. And I really appreciated that about them. What I also loved, though, was you have to, in in order to be a professional ghost hunter, I think you can't take yourself that seriously. You have to, you have to realize it's a little bit odd. Um, and they would, you know, they went through all the gear with us. There were special boxes that were supposed to be able to um kind of record noise through through the atmosphere i guess that's a, that's just a microphone and a that's sh- no 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 <laughs> wait a second recording noise it means well they had it, a... it reached beyond regular oh, frequencies okay. i guess would be a good way to say it because if they um, said well we have the special box that records the sounds it's we might an hear. iphone <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe what it can do <laughs> this one will take pictures of yes. things we see yes exactly that was all new <laughs> um so uh yeah, they had they had lots of cameras. That's a good point. Um, a lot of cameras set up, and we had what was kind of called a base camp set up in the kitchen of this house. So it, it was like a control center where all the cameras were feeding to a few screens so we could watch them all simultaneously. Because some ghosts, according to the team, would like for you to interact with them, talk to them, do the whole, if you're here, give me a sign, talk to us. And yeah, they're friendly. They're engaging. They're fr- yes, they're, they've got stuff to say. They're they want to tell ghosts. you things. They're people people ghosts and some of them prefer to go about their business and kind of uh 
They want their alone time. Yes. Like Phil. Yeah, exactly. They're just like <laughs> Phil. Um, and, you, know, you know, and that's, that's just kind of... So you'd have these different options and you'd go through the rooms. Um, there was a machine a lot like Ghostbusters that measured electromagnetic frequency. And supposedly if it were above a certain level, that meant that there was something paranormal going on. Um, it gets you in the mindset, whether you believe or not, if you're around enough people who do, who have all this equipment and just believe it totally... Anything that bumps in the night will send you in, will send me rather. I don't want to put this on you. Will send me into hysterics. I can see that. <laughs> you know, yeah, I there's was... a vibe, right? You get oh, all fired up about it. Yes. And, and I, I, you know, again, I don't want to appear to, uh, to make light too much of what they're doing. No, again, they took the it very gear, seriously. They've got terminology. Mm-hmm. They do. It's, it feels very uh, scientific. It really does. They were very, um, I'll give them this too. They approached everything with a very skeptical mind. Um, one of the things that the leader of the group said many times is that 99% of the time, places are not haunted. They have a creaky door. They have floors that are uneven that cause noises, you know, this, that, and the other. They went into it not expecting to find anything. And then when they would, it was this really thrilling moment for the team. The house you went to. Mm-hmm. It was you said they had a job to do. What was the job? To see if there was a ghost there? Yes. Um, so the new owners of the house bought it. It was a huge um, antebellum home with multiple rooms, and they had renovated it to be a yoga retreat, which sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry. I thought you just said yogurt retreat. Oh, I would go to that. <laughs> <laughs> yoga. <laughs> so they... Um, hosted one or two retreats and several clients came to them to say that they had had strange experiences and some of them were a little bit violent um they had a guest who woke up in the night and felt like she had been scratched all over oh man um people were scared to go in rooms there was just a really bad vibe um in the house and so the owner of the house um did some things that she thought might work and they didn't so didn't solve the problem so she decided to call in this team and this team was considered to be a, a very elite team to determine what was going on. If it was something that could be resolved by talking, kind of talking it out, if it was something that needed something more, if it was something more religious, perhaps. So that was kind of their goal, to find out if that were really happening, if it were a coincidence, um, what was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, how long did you stay in the house with them? All night. We, we started in the afternoon setting up the equipment. You do that during the day while there's of course. light. <laughs> you know, uh, um, ghosts aren't working during the day either. No, no, they don't. They don't have a Let's, lot of time. You want to do it, you know. <laughs> well, and interestingly, when things are quiet. Yeah, exactly, exactly. When they can really get their spooky on. Um, this this house, even during the day, if people were downstairs, they'd hear noises upstairs, and so things like that. So it was a very active home, according to the owner. Um, so we get there in the afternoon and set up the equipment. And then we went to dinner, which was a very surreal experience because you go through this really intense setup. It's hours <laughs> long where you're you're taping things and you're testing things. You're going back and forth. And then we went and got pizza. <laughs> you know, just kind of hung out, talked about movies. What are you guys doing this weekend? That kind of thing. Um, then you go back when it's dark and you review the tapes from while you were gone to see if anything kind of started. Uh-huh. And um, then you just kind of wait. And we were there until practically the next morning. Um, and then the footage is all taken away from the house and examined by the team and a report is written and given to the owner based on what they found. Did you see anything when you were there? I did not. Um, We did have some strange experiences. A few of the pieces of equipment fell down after 
after a long period of kind of nothing happening, I think that could be a lot of things, could be the duct tape not holding, but it was odd, you know, that was unusual. And then we, we did do an experiment where we would go into different rooms and use one of the machines they had that sort of supposedly filtered through some extra noise and you would hear um, responses to questions, which was odd. I couldn't really explain that. Um, what do you mean by a response? You ask, is anybody here? Does anyone want to talk? And you would hear responses, um, sometimes very clearly, sometimes clear yes and no's, sometimes knocking. And that, again, that could be a lot of things. I'm not entirely convinced someone wasn't downstairs with a walkie-talkie. Like, I, I, there could be a lot of reasons for but that. But it, it was a person's voice. Yes. Saying yes or no. Yes. Very distant person's voice. And again, I'm a skeptic. I tend to believe we were picking up some radio stations, some, you know, something else that could be explained. But that'd be a pretty coincidental thing to pick up if you say, does anyone want to talk? And at that very moment, you happen to pick up a radio signal of someone saying yes. That would seem like a pretty... It's a big coincidence, but um, like most people, I contain multitudes and I can say that I just don't understand. I don't think it was a ghost, but it doesn't mean I know what it was. Was there somebody else there? I don't know. But that was just like part of the team and sort of this is what it's, they it's do? It's entirely possible. I, I don't feel like anyone in that group, I, I feel like they really had some integrity. They really believed in what they were doing. And I don't feel like they would be desperate enough to prove a point to risk their reputation doing something like that. They really were very professional. But I think it's totally possible. Yeah. You know? Or, sure. And I think it could be a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe we were picking up someone else's walkie-talkie and they were answering us, but they're not, they're not ghosts. <laughs> These people keep asking me if I want yeah, to talk. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're on a CB radio for all I know. <laughs> right. it's, it's, the, it's the maintenance guy, yeah. you know, from the 24-hour fitness next door. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be a lot, a lot of things. Um, so I don't... I don't regret that experience one bit. It's It was totally fascinating. I learned a lot. And the big takeaway for me is a group of people that have similar interests and a similar hobby that's not hurting anyone are getting together and experiencing something together. And, you know, I can't really argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that part of what you said, I I um, guess I have mixed feelings about, you know, I... I, I? <laughs> I generally I generally agree that the one little hitch in there you said you know is not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's not people's intent in mm-hmm. most cases probably. Mm-hmm. I guess where it gets distasteful is if you know folks are doing that as a job as a profession with all of the appearances of being sure. kind of scientists or pseudoscientists but they're doing it sure. to take advantage of people yeah playing on people's emotions especially when they're in vulnerable vulnerable situations you know after a death or something like that I, that's despicable you know, charging a big fee to come to your house sure. and then sure. you know sort of feeding into things you might be predisposed to believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. god forbid someone with a mental illness you know absolutely that would be uh, just just a uh, it could be very right? dangerous. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely some moral gray area to it, you know. But I, I think so much, so much of everything in life comes down to personal responsibility when you can have it. Of course, vulnerable populations you can't count on the same personal responsibility because they're vulnerable populations. Um, but I like to think that anyone who does this professionally or is you know kind of a professional hobby would have the moral integrity to know the difference and to know the line. And I, I think that's just in general, that's our job as humans, not not even just ghost hunting specific. It's our job to analyze the situation, decide if it's ethical and proceed from there. Yeah, for sure. All right. That's with no segue because that was a nice, serious, you know, heartfelt serious. statement. Yeah. 
you gotten any other cool ghost stories that you picked up? <laughs> Again, feel free to embellish. I'm not going to know. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then his head shot off. <laughs> it was crazy. And I saw it with my own eyes. And behind the refrigerator door. <laughs> oh, God. No, I just keep thinking, I, you know, I, I'm sure my visualization is worse than what really happened. But I keep thinking about that ghostly figure disintegrating into a puddle. And it just, it gets me every time. You know, another one that I heard recently from a friend, um, and this was post-podcast, but people still kind of approach me about their ghost stories. They're very interested to tell me them, which, you know, it's really ironic because I'm a total fraidy cat and I hate being scared. This, to me, was an exploration about something I didn't understand. It wasn't kind of fear-based, but people have really creeped me out. <laughs> Some of their stories, um, a great example, a girl uh, that I know had an experience in a building in downtown where, again, in a bathroom, um, she was looking in the mirror and decided to take a selfie. An, I, another millennial ghost story, I suppose. <laughs> um, decided to take a selfie because she looked really cute. And when she went to post the selfie, there was something else in the picture, um, like a kind of a ghostly girl behind her. That kind of thing always really gets me when mm -hmm. something's caught. And that could be so many things to me. A smudge right. on her lens, a smudge in the mirror. Just straight up tiredness. <laughs> right, sure. But those those really stick with me. A demon girl behind her. A demon girl behind be her. I mean, listen, did she watch The Ring? I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Very creepy movie. <laughs> Very creepy. Um, and I, I think some of the stories from other cultures uh, also really stuck with me. There's a concept in other cultures of uh, this thing called a djinn, which is kind of like a ghost, kind of like an angel kind of like a spirit that hangs around a person for whatever reason. So if your parents pass on, the djinn might hang around you or something. They have some unfinished business. And that was really interesting to me that every culture has this kind of different spin on what a ghost is. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily scary in every culture. So that really stuck with me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a common, yeah, common human experience, right? We have mm -hmm. to figure out ways to either explain these things that we see. Yeah. Hallucinated or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could be legitimate, I suppose. I don't want to, again, I don't want to proclaim that that's <laughs> absolutely not possible, but I don't, I don't think it is. You know, I mean, I think that's okay. Like there's, cause I, you know, I don't think it is either, but there's something about what I really enjoyed about this experience was sitting down to talk to people about these intimate moments in their lives, because I feel like we're often kind of disconnected in this way. And I don't want to be that guy who's like so much texting, no communicating, but like, I, I do feel like that's a big part of things and, you know, sharing sharing a story that's really vulnerable that makes them sound maybe a little crazy but they want to tell you because it's part of their human experience that was revelatory to me yeah well that you said that most of them were comforting stories mm -hmm. that's also interesting to me you know because yeah. i i haven't heard many people i just don't know many people that have you probably haven't asked i haven't asked i bet you might know more than you think i haven't heard many <laughs> ghost stories from people that you know sincerely believe them i just haven't mm -hmm. i don't know i would highly recommend if you're at a party or just in a social situation where you kind of don't know where to go next it's a great icebreaker mm -hmm. you will get a lot more than you think you're gonna get a lot more than you bargain for sometimes but in a good way it's a great way to get to know people i'll give it a try for sure <laughs> for sure Maybe don't try it at a board meeting, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, no, or do. maybe that's the perfect part. Or do. Time. You know, let's liven this thing up that's a little right. bit. Hey guys, <laughs> we got some politicians in here. I hear you guys are. Is there anything uh, scarier? <laughs> big time on the ghosts. Uh, do you like being scared in a in um like in a controlled way? Like, do you like scary movies? Uh, I don't like scary movies, no. And I don't like being scared at all. But um, it's, it's I, kind of a weird thing for you to be involved in. It's very weird. Then. It's very weird. Um, I think I like being challenged. And again, this was more about 
I have a lot of questions, as everyone does, this is not unique, um, about what happens, yeah. what's next, right? Right. Um, and I'm very interested in what everybody thinks about that. Different religions, different cultural backgrounds, yeah. different just areas of, of our country, you know, like what people think happens. And sure. to me, it was more of like a reporting mission, mm-hmm. kind of a fact-finding mission for myself, uh, more than about being scared. Being scared was kind of the side thing that would happen from time to time. Your yeah. eyes are darting around. Do you see a ghost? No, <laughs> no. It's uh, <laughs> I, I, what I was, I was thinking as you were speaking about that, that that uh, revelation, part of the revelation is about that person's belief system yes. and how they're fitting this experience into, into that. A, a religious viewpoint, yes. some other spiritual viewpoint. Yes, because we, we interviewed people from all, all run the gamut, um, you know, everyone from Christian, Jewish, Muslim, atheist, agnostic. I mean, it just didn't, everyone had a story that was vastly different than what you might have expected. And that was just really interesting to me because we don't often talk about holding two opposites in one thing. And right. I think a lot of people do. Well, I wonder, you know, again, if 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 one of our little theories here uh, this evening is correct, you know, that your brain is doing things to help uh, whatever situation you're in. That's one explanation, this sure. sort of uh, hallucinating idea. Yeah, I think we solved it. I think we, I, we solved it, it all. That's but let's it. say that that's true, and so your 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 mind is predisposed based on your own biases. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there have been any if there's any research on uh, people that report having these um, ghost encounters, these mm-hmm. experiences involving other um, <laughs> other beings. types of beings, right? Mm-hmm. If if there's any correlation between those people's religious perspectives, mm. right? If yeah. people that that consider themselves to be looking at things from a purely scientific, you know, mm-hmm. background that they're um, perhaps you know don't have a, a faith background of any kind, sure. If they're less likely to have an experience that they believe is a ghost experience, right? Yeah, you know, I've thought about that a lot, and I I almost wonder if it's less faith based and more. I don't believe in ghosts, so I haven't seen a ghost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like kind of being open to that experience in some way. And maybe it is a faith, you know, you know, faith might open or close you to different possibilities. Right. Or just predispose you to it, right? Yeah. But that's where your brain's gonna work it, is yeah. that this makes sense within my worldview. Mm-hmm. Of course so this is the spirit of a loved one would come to me because that fits sure. into mm-hmm. how I feel. So that's one of the go to moves mm-hmm. for your brain right. in the event of some extremely stressful circumstance, let's say. Right. Yeah, and I, I will say one of my one of the most memorable experiences to me, and something I'm really glad I got to experience, um, was we were able to interview several uh, morticians and undertakers and people of that nature. Fun people who group. ran funeral homes. <laughs> They're oh, actually yeah. they really are. <laughs> um, but they that was so wonderful because you talk about somebody who's constantly surrounded by the saddest times in people's lives yeah. and, and death. Um, that's their whole business, you know. Um, they're never off. It, people, people die every day. You know, Christmas doesn't matter. All these things happen all the time. And um, getting to know that group of people who work in what's called the death industry and help kind of shepherd people through these hardest moments, very interesting. I don't think a single one of them said that they believed in ghosts, but they would often turn it around to, but I believe, you know, people come together in these dark times. And that was, that was really interesting to me because you'd mm-hmm. think of all people, Right. Maybe an undertaker would, you know, kind of think that's definitely a possibility. And I think what they were more focused on was actually what was happening, the earthly things that were happening around that act. So that was really interesting to me. Yeah. 
it seems like a it's just too cliche right that there'd be <laughs> ghosts hanging around the you know the funeral home or the mortuary but yeah and you know they weren't they weren't scary places um we had the privilege of seeing an embalming room of course with no one in it because that wouldn't be appropriate but um that's it's really you really uh face your own mortality <laughs> when you go into those spaces as yeah. you can probably imagine sure <laughs> yeah well this has been great thank you for spending the time with me absolutely thanks for having me it was fun to kind of relive these experiences. It was a wild time. Yeah. Are you guys <laughs> going to reheat the podcast? I don't know. You know, I don't know. We're both uh, both pretty busy gals, but I feel like this is a topic that we're both really interested in and it, it could ride again for sure. And who knows? I'm a skeptic now. Next time we talk, who knows? <laughs> is the podcast still available if people want to listen to it? Do you know, I'd have to check. Um, if it is, it's called Mostly Dead Podcast, but I'm not honestly sure if we're still hosting it on any platforms. I'll have to take a look. Sarah, thank you for doing this mm-hmm. you've been a delight i think we <laughs> are great. united in our um i think entirely reasonable but open-minded skepticism <laughs> the reasonableist <laughs> that's exactly right but it, you know how do we know it's we're probably way off and well when we run into a ghost right outside here we'll just have to come back and re-podcast that's right right outside the illustrious podcast studios there's probably some demons waiting for us that's this, right <laughs> i put a bunch of mirrors in the hallway it's gonna oh, be oh god <laughs> Can you imagine we open the door? Just... The door, mirrors, and then a refrigerator at the end. I'd call it a day. That's for quit. whatever reason. <laughs> All right. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. The Uptake was brought to you today by Phil, Asfeche Jeans, and Sanderson Microphones. Thanks again to Sarah for being here, and thanks to Kevin McLeod for the music in today's podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can reach us at theuptakepodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at uptakepodcast. Stay tuned for a few bonus clips from my conversation with Sarah, and thanks for listening. Gotta get my old headphones. <laughs> Profesh. I dig it. Not just your weight. <laughs> <laughs> I like the one with your friend. I forget his name. Um, he, you guys had a funny little back and forth, like a really David? good rapport. David, thank you. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Please don't let him hear that. <laughs> but we can take a bunch of tangents, which is fine. It's sure. meant to be kind of casual. I don't have like a script or even a specific. Okay. Flow, or t- you've, you've heard the other ones, so you uh-huh. know it is not. I like it though because it's free form. Thanks. You know, That's kinda... very diplomatic of you to say. <laughs> That's another word for disorganized. <laughs> the event planner in me. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Everybody loves talking about event planning. No offense. Well, listen, the first time they made me plan a parade was a little bit horrifying. So, <laughs> have you seen the movie Waiting for Guffman? Have I seen the movie Waiting for Everybody dance. <laughs> Remember the whole opening shot? They're planning a parade. They have yes. the parade route. Yeah. And there's the people that are talking about, they have a, a model, a scale model of the town. <laughs> and they're talking about where. It's exactly what my job's like. The porta potties <laughs> are going to be. And then like the Girl Scout booth. And then one of the guys is talking about where they're going to put snipers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I learned the hard way that you don't put a drum line uh, behind a bunch of horses. So. <laughs> That's what that I learned about That makes a lot parade. of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I guess um, 
Yeah, I guess you'd <laughs> you'd have to have like a an intermediary yeah. member yeah, of the parade. They don't teach you that. Who's got like some a large scoop? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> on top of which. And then the second guy has a wheelbarrow. Yes, you know what I mean. It's like Keystone Cops back there. Just, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't keep up with all of it. They all must have eaten at the same time. That's right. The horses only poop during a parade. Never. <laughs> like, it's okay if it's one at a time, but if it goes in sync, we'll never we make can't it. Keep up with that. <laughs> Don't feed them all at once. Don't be nervous, but I do a lot of radio commercials. I really do. You, well, yeah, I really do. You should read these. Oh, no. They're yours. They're yours. Never read mine. another man's commercials. No, wait a second. They're not mine. They are the sponsors. There's a there's a joke at work. My Thomasville flooring voice is different than my, you know, come to Trinity Baptist or whatever voice. Okay. You're definitely going to take these for a spin, though. You got to uh, read them. We'll, we'll see. Because the sponsors are going to get an even higher value, the right? Sponsors. Yes. Right? They're going to be a professional. Yes, that's right. That's instead right. of me. I'll send you the bill. <laughs> that's fine. Send all the bills you want. <laughs> Have my people talk to your people. I don't open them. Get mail. me your W9. <laughs> right in the garbage. There you go. Thanks. You feel okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying not to burp into the microphone. Get some. Oh, totally encouraged. You should do it. You should do it. <laughs> the uptake was brought to you today by Phil. Asfeche Jeans and Sanderson microphones. Gotta try that again. There's a weird pause in there. I got stuck on Phil. Phil! <laughs> Phil, come here. Phil, get in here! <laughs> and you know, reading a Sveche, you gotta check yeah, yourself. Yeah, 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 you gotta be careful. First time through can be an issue. Yeah, Mr. Dumas, right? They should, right. <laughs> they should consider rebranding. <laughs> That's what you do, right? Yeah, let me give him a call. Give him my card. <laughs> <laughs> you guys might want to modify your your brand image is your, just... <laughs> your url especially <laughs> when you talked about the millennial ghost stories thing my mind went kind of in five different directions at once i'm like okay they, these are millennials that are ghost hunters that's funny that's really a funny. very millennial story right? you know? participation trophies all around yes. after every adventure participation trophies. <laughs> or they're you ghost get hunters ghost and you get a ghost <laughs> <laughs> it's okay everybody <laughs> We, Have you not been haunted yet? Don't worry. <laughs> we were at that house all night, crew. The duct tape failed. Some stuff oh fell gosh. down. Oh, my gosh. But you know what? We did hear somebody say yes on a walkie-talkie for a second. Let me just tell you. We're the all winners. Tape, the duct tape thing. So, like, the cords fall down. Lauren That's screams at the tops of top of her lungs. Oh, my God. It's happening. Da, 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 da. And I'm over here going... Like rubbing it's my happening. temples. Like, it's happening. Like, it's not happening. It's just not happening. Because <laughs> ex- it's not real. Because <laughs> the tape holding the extension cord up yeah. after seven hours and decided it to give it up. Off, and it was just so funny because like everybody's like being deadly serious. Like, oh yeah, it might be happening. <laughs> What's happening? Gravity? What? Yeah, exactly. I enjoy it though. Some good alone time like Phil recommends. <laughs> Phil recommends. He doesn't always want it. He he welcomes From time to time. From time to time. Yeah. He just he cherishes his alone time. <laughs> he wants everyone to know that. Yes. Hence his sponsorship. I love it. <laughs> well, I thought it sounded great. Thanks.